0: Hello, this is Abby. Dear Abby, this is gonna be a long one. Oh boy. Dear Abby, how do you tell the difference between a new exciting crush and a rebound? Does it matter? Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Welcome to our little corner of the internet. This is the Dear Abby podcast. I hope you stay and hang out with us. See you in a sec. Welcome back, you guys. I'm so excited to be recording, to be hanging out with you today. Happy freaking Thursday. Again, we're so close to the weekend. I hope you guys have some fun plans. Take yourself out to dinner. Go to the... I mean, for me, I'm going to the beach because it's starting to get a little bit more sunny and we just haven't had sunny days yet. So I really want to get a beach day in. I'm so excited because we're starting summer soon. Next week, I think it, no, I think it's 2 weeks from now I want to do an episode talking about ways to enjoy your summer and just really just launch into the summer vibes. I know we're still technically in spring, but I always skip spring. I just go straight from winter I'm depressed to eventually summer and somewhere in the middle there's spring. Summer I'm as happy as can be. I truly I think because I grew up in Arizona, I just love the sun so freaking much and I love anything sunny, summery. The smell of sunscreen is so nostalgic and so comforting to me. When I smell sunscreen, like the a whiff of sunscreen, immediately I am happy. Immediately I feel safe, home, happy. Same as when I'm swimming or something and I get out, it's sunny, I feel the heat on my back, I tan. Like all of that, I'm so excited for the summer. I, I need a good summer. Last summer was good. This summer, I feel like maybe God will give me a break. I mean, he always wants to give us a break, I believe. But also he wants us to grow, but also I'm ready for a break. So that would be awesome. Anyways, I hope everyone's having a great Thursday and that you have fun summer plans as well. So if you don't, start making plans. Today we are jumping into a few different topics kind of. First, we're going to do a quick uh, a a quick life update. Then I wanted to talk about making friends when you're an adult, and especially if you're anxious or you're you just have social anxiety or you're just I don't know, you have something that makes it a little bit harder and you get a little bit more in your head. I wanted to talk about ways that I find that I can make friends and things, mindsets to have. And I have listed a couple of ways to make friends, to keep connections, all that good stuff. So we'll get into that. And then we have a Dear Abby question. There was one that was a voicemail that cut off in the middle of it. So if you just left one like yesterday, I guess that would be like earlier this week please resend it because it cut off. You're talking about you grew up with best friends and then it cut off. Um, I usually just skip through to just make sure that it was like, a, it's like always, it's like a real question before I'm in the groove of things. And when I skipped halfway, it just went silent and then I skipped like another 10 seconds and it was silent and it was like a minute of silence. So I think, I, I think the question was cut off. So if that's you, Thank you so much for leaving a voicemail, but I, I really want to answer it and get into it, Um, but I don't know the question, so you're going to have to resend it. Just re-record and yeah. Anywho, we'll get into a question and then I don't really have a game for today. I'm really excited to talk about uh what we're talking about today, so I don't think we'll have time for a game, so I didn't even like plan one. Uh, If we do have time, I'll probably just do some questions or something like that, but I really think that I will be able to talk about everything I'm talking about today for the full hour. So I can't really remember a lot about this week. I think that's something I'm figuring out is why I have absolutely no memory, Uh, like short term memory. I have long term memory, but even then I do feel like in a weird way, my brain has completely detached from like my life before. I don't know what that means or anything, but I think it's just like a defense mechanism. Uh, But it's really uncomfortable and I'm legit. See, I can't even talk either, but I can't remember stuff like from a week ago. Like I I cannot tell you one conversation I had a week ago. I really couldn't. Like I just have no memory and it's starting to freak me out a little bit. Even when I'm recording this, it's like I can barely think of stuff. I think I'm just fatigued a lot and I also have a really, I still have like a lot of brain fog and disassociative tendencies or something. Yeah, I don't know, it's just freaking weird. So anyways, so with that, I can't really remember a lot of things that I did this week but if I look through my camera roll, I will be able to tell you. Oh, here's one thing. So I started to work out again because of my ankle, I haven't been able to like hit the gym, you know? I don't, I actually really like to run, but I can't run on my ankle yet. So I've just been lifting weights. I actually really like weightlifting, but they're just, something's missing with weightlifting. I think it's, I think truly when I lift weights, I think my body looks physically the best. Like my physique is awesome. I don't feel the best though. Like I really don't. Um, I, I feel the best when I do kickboxing or running or i get like that runner's high or the like the hit where you're out of breath your blood is really pump. i mean my heart is pumping when i lift weights because i've been trying to lift heavier not like super heavy let's be honest because i've just barely started again so it's it it will never get that heavy heavy enough to challenge me but not heavy enough to wear i'm having to wear a bunch of braces and i don't know i just B- lifting big heavy weights scares the shiz out of me. Unless I had a personal trainer, I will never do that. So I'm doing heavy weights for me, but not like actually heavy weights where my knees can pop out of place if I lift wrong. So I started to lift again and I love it. it it's making me feel like a clearer mind. But at the same time, I do miss running and I miss getting like a hit workout. So I think I might do more of those or i just really want to find something that's affordable which is not very common here in california but an affordable club or boutique gym or something that offers kickboxing and stuff cuz i feel like i just want to punch stuff and kick and like jump around and i i don't have like a lot of energy anymore but i know like i know i do but i think if i started to do something that's more hyperactive like jumping moving dancing punching like light on my feet. I'm craving that so badly. I legitimately almost started doing a dance class because I miss being able to jump around and move around lightly. I sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm too old for that. But that's such BS. Like I'm literally only 20 freaking five. I can you can dance until you're freaking old. So I've just been able I've just been trying to find something that works for me. I do want to get into Pilates maybe because everyone is into that. And I know people hear that go. Uh, It's just kind of expensive. So I just, it's so hard to find an affordable plan for that. So I guess catch me doing Zumba, free Zumba classes at your local gym. I'll go to the sauna after and just chill in there, which has been pretty nice after I work out, which feels good. And I usually do it in the mornings. I like working out first thing. I don't like getting up. I never want to go. Like I never, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to go, but then when I'm walking to it, I'm like, okay, I'm actually really happy that I got up. So if that makes anyone feel less alone and less like, I just don't want people to think I'm like, I love it because I genuinely do. But I also genuinely don't. Something I've been wanting to try as well lately is just like a lot of somatic healing or somatic therapy, I think is what it is. But it's very physical. And it's also a lot of breath work and stuff like that. I do feel like that moves things through my body. I think I still cry probably, probably every single day. Um, it's not like big waves, I guess, of massive emotions. It's kind of just this like lingering sadness that I feel and a lingering heartache. It's just been a journey with trying to work through and process emotions the healthy way. I think sometimes I do it healthy, sometimes I don't. But I definitely feel like I can do better at that type of therapy, that type of healing. So I kind of am going back to my yoga teacher training days. Oh, something else that we did this week, which was so freaking fun, is we went to, for free, for like this church event. Um, we went to we went whale watching. So we went on a boat and we went out to the ocean. It was just me and Keaton and then a bunch of other like single adults. It was super fun. We we didn't see any whales unfortunately, but we saw a bunch of dolphins. And Kane was telling me I guess that dolphins are the only. At a mammal only whatever animal or something whatever they are that do things for fun it was something look look it up I don't know but I thought that was the freaking cutest thing I've ever heard because when he was telling me that it was because you're we watching them play in the in the waves of the boat so the boat like was creating waves behind it and the dolphins were just playing in the waves because it gives them a little bit of a current to play in and I just thought that was the cutest thing. Like, they're not scared of the boats. They literally just, like, are so friendly. They were coming up right next to the boat, like, playing. It was just so cute, and I did shed a couple of tears because I've never been out in the ocean like that. I was horrified. I did wear – I do get motion sick, like, very fast, so I didn't know if I was going to get seasick. So Keaton did buy me, like, a seasick, like, um, wristbands, and those things I will be wearing all the time. Th- those things are comforting. I don't know what it is, but because they b- just put pressure and like pressure therapy does wonders for me and my anxiety. So I love those freaking pressure wristbands. It was like it can help with preg- when you're pregnant and you feel sick. It can help with all of these different things. And I was like, I will be keeping these for the rest of my life. Thank you very much. But yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was beautiful. I was horrified. I had so many existential thoughts and... You know what? I survived. to So all my anxiety OCD girlies that don't think that you can do something because you have anxiety or because your OCD will not like it and it will send you a million thoughts and you just don't want to experience that because it's just not comfortable. This is this. You just got to go do stuff that you want to do, even if you're scared, even if you feel uncomfortable with it. Um, but you just know your anxiety or OCD is not going to like it then go do it anyways. And I had so much fun. I also did have a lot of anxiety and I got really quiet after for like an hour or two because I was just kind of overstimulated, I guess, which is kind of normal for me when I go out and do something like that. I just need a lot of decompression time. Yeah, it was just really fun. So don't let your mental health hold you back, okay? In this book, in the dare response book, actually, I don't think it was in the book. I think it was like just a daily affirmation or something that they sent out but it was like stop asking your anxiety what to do stop getting permission from that part of your brain to do stuff it's like you are in charge you the person who's observing listening to this you're in charge and go for what you want don't let your brain deter you and if you're struggling with you don't know what you want yet then my advice is to just hold yourself in love and compassion it'll eventually come up and you're loved, you're supported, people have got you, God's got you, the universe has got you. Okay, now let's get into the nitty gritty. So I wanted to speak on something that I feel like a hypocrite even talking about because I'm. this is literally something that I'm so bad at and have always been bad at. So this is a learning experience for both of us, for all of us, I should say. I wanted to share some ways you can make adult friends, especially in your 20s and 30s, especially When you have anxiety or you're super introverted, even introverts want friends, you know, we usually find very extroverted people to be friends with. And I've noticed that when I try to be friends with another very, very introverted person like myself, it's either so great or it's so terrible. Like it just doesn't work because we're both like not wanting to put in any effort to keep the friendship going or do anything. So it's like, yeah, we're fine. We don't need one another. You know, you really don't need a million friends or anything like that and you should be first of all I guess number one you should be fine being alone first because no one wants to be friends with like that that sounds mean but with someone who has very desperate energy to like be your friend I feel like if you're like me sometimes I'm go into these moods of like nobody likes me nobody wants to be my friend Um, everyone just feels bad for me because I just got divorced and so that's why people want to hang out with me and all of these like pity parties and then I'm like well I don't even want to be anyone's friend anyways and then I just like become isolated and I isolate myself but then there's like the exact opposite side where I'm like oh my gosh everyone like loves me like I love to be I want to be everyone's friend I want to hang out with everyone all the time and I just go it's always like a zero to a hundred which is story of my life with a lot of things And something I'm trying to learn how to do is create a balance of all things to where where I'm not too obsessed with making friends, but I'm not too like anti-making friends. I'm kind of just, I'll go to classes or I'll do something and I'll keep my heart open, my mind open to making friends and just trusting that I'll find the people that I meant to meet. So I guess the first thing on my list of ways and, you know, mindsets when you're trying to make friends as an adult is no desperate energy, and like a very much an abundance mindset. I feel like that's very pop culture-y right now was like an abundance mindset. And I hope that's something that doesn't just fade out because something new is trendy to like be the quick fix to cure everyone's suffering. But I do think an abundance mindset is really just gratitude and also believing that God or the universe or whatever you believe in is on your side and knows your heart, knows the desires of your heart and really wants to bless you with it and wants to give those to you. So if you're just living as true to yourself as you know, that you'll find the people that you need to find. You'll find the friends that you'll know you be friends with for the rest of your life. There's so many people out there that you haven't met yet that will be people that are so important to you and that love you and you love them and will help your heart grow and you still have a lot in store for you so don't give up hope if you don't have like the best of friends right now I think I'm gonna if my friends are listening I love you but I'm also in this like transition period of my life I probably haven't met like some of my best friends that I'll ever have yet and that's like very comforting to me I don't know when that'll be I know people that got like found like their best friend like you know twin flame type of thing when they were like 50 years old you know so that could be me that could be you in 20 years that you find someone or that could be you in two weeks or whatever but okay anyways let's okay let's go to the second one not overthink how you're being perceived I think it's inevitable that you're going to think about that everyone does to overthink, that's to the point where it's actually getting you further away from what you actually want. Um, Thinking about how you're being perceived is fine. But overthinking is that's where the line, you know, it takes it to, it's probably just your ego. And it's going to probably stop you from even being yourself or being, you know, talking or opening your mouth because you're just scared of what if I sound stupid? Like, what if they don't understand me? What if, all of these what ifs, and I'm not going to reassure you, you probably will say something stupid and you probably will be misunderstood by a lot of people your whole life. And they might, they might never understand you. They might never understand why you do the things that you do. And it's not your responsibility to make everyone understand everything that you're saying. Okay. Your responsibility really is just to be yourself and to be kind and try your best. And if people can't see that, then that's their loss and they'll move on and you'll move on. I always I totally get in my own way when it comes to this because I want to be so kind and inclusive and outgoing and make people feel good. But I'm also very shy. I don't know if I'm necessarily shy. I think I get anxious and then no, I am. I don't know what shy even means. I feel like shy is just anxious, honestly. So, yeah, I guess I am shy. But also with the with the right people, I don't feel like I'm shy whatsoever. Like I feel empowered and I feel like I can do whatever I want. Okay, I guess, the, okay, I'm realizing the first couple of these are kind of just more mindsets to have and then we'll get into like actual experiences you can have or steps you can take to find friends or to keep connections, stuff like that. So we'll continue with this and then we'll get into like how and, you know, stuff like that. Something I feel like I've seen a lot on TikTok or Instagram Instagram reels or something is people say when I trauma dump, like when the first time I meet someone and then I overthink, you know, when I get home, like I probably shared too much and they probably don't want to hang out with me again. And I have two opinions on this one. It's probably true, unfortunately, because if someone that's kind of giving the desperate energy and that's it's not like a horrible thing to do. I think sometimes people find people that make them feel comfortable and so you share a ton, but then a lot of the times the people don't reciprocate and then you just feel like you expose yourself and no one cares. So I've done that before where I shared too much with people and I was too vulnerable and then they just clearly didn't really care. Um, they cared at first, but then you actually start to talk and I'm very much a personality that I don't really love small talk. That much like I do but I also like I just like to laugh but I also like to talk about very crazy things about just like existence and stuff so a lot of people don't like that and some people do like that but my advice is if you don't want to feel exposed and unloved and like you were I don't know I just feel like you, it's okay to guard your heart a little bit when you're first meeting friends and to be you know, kind and listen and ask a lot of questions. Really, is mostly find out about them, ask them a lot of questions, listen to understand, all that good stuff. But to probably not overshare the first couple of times you hang out. But yeah, I oh, I see I see those videos and I'm like that sucks because I've done that before and I know that feeling. And I I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I would be very stressed out if someone the first time I met them like told me all of this stuff and was like, oh my gosh, like I'm exhausted already. And that's not anything bad on whoever shared. That's just like how people are and that can be overwhelming. i say same thing when you're dating, ladies, is don't overshare the first couple of dates just to protect your own sanity and to protect your own heart because we don't need to be giving all these men and all these boys our hearts yet, okay? You got to hold it close to your chest. That's fine. You're not bad for guarding your heart for a little bit it's also because friendships take time. I think is another thing that people see all these like beautiful friendships on social media and stuff. And they're like, Oh, I want a best friend. But a lot of those people have been friends for like 15, 20 years. And that's been constant phone calls, opening up, um, probably getting into arguments. Like it's just been, it's a relationship. So there's a dynamic and there's two people that have been putting an effort for as long as they have. So, something can't be, you can't make really deep connections overnight. Sometimes you meet someone and it's like, bam, and you're just instantly best friends. That's pretty rare. It's possible though. And I want everyone to have the energy. Like I'm going to meet someone like that, but also don't put expectations on that. Yeah. It takes time. And that's okay. That's what's beautiful about it is you make a friend and then 20 years down the road, you look back and you think, oh my gosh, we've gone through all of that. And it's beautiful. Here's some more actual things you can do rather than mindsets. Go take a class like a pottery class or like a 10 course class or something, or go take a class at a university or something that you're passionate about. So if you like art, go take an art class. If you're interested in kickboxing or I think I really need to do kickboxing because I think about it all the time um, or something else, then go do it because you'll probably find people that are like-minded to have the same interest. You like the same stuff. So your brain is similar in some way. I just know a lot of people who have met their friends through taking yoga classes or something consistently in the same class. Don't be scared to ask someone out basically on a friend date. You don't want to do it too fast. I think (laughs) I would be probably overwhelmed if someone like was like, "Hey, let's go grab lunch right now." I'd be like, "Uh, maybe," and I'd probably not go. But if you sit by someone or you take the same class and you see them, you talk to them, you know, once a week or once a month for a while, then eventually, you know, ask them out on a friend date and see how it goes. Don't do something long or crazy. Just be like, "Hey, do you want to go grab a coffee or do you want to go grab, you know." something after this uh it's okay to take an initiative when you're trying to make friends I'm really bad at this I expect everyone to come to me and that's great energy to have sometimes is to be like no no things will come to me but I also feel like it makes me miss out on loving people because I just expect a bunch of stuff and that's not good I don't like that I have that mindset so I've been trying to practice like putting my energy into stuff instead of just expecting you know I don't know. Another thing is if you want to get into traveling, they always have like travel groups and stuff. You can find them on Instagram, on the internet. You can find a billion different types of um, organizations that do traveling with a group of your same age or older or younger or whatever. I think you could make really good friends. I've never done that personally. I know people who have. And I think that's just anytime you go travel something, you experience something new and fun with someone else, you become friends and you kind of cling. I know I've done things similar to that where I don't really know anyone, but like two people and I barely know them. And then throughout the whole trip, it's like you find some people who you just automatically gravitate towards and you just hit it off with them and then you're friends. So that that can happen too, okay? I think something else you can find friends in is volunteer work for a cause that you love, especially. I've been trying to volunteer for the O C D foundation here in Orange County and seeing if there's ways for me to volunteer. And of course when I meet someone else that has OCD and struggles with the same thing that I struggle with, it's like I automatically feel so connected to them because you've suffered in the same way and I think it's beautiful. And I think a lot of times when you volunteer for something you're passionate about, if it's an organization that hits home for you or something like that, I think you'll always find people that are like-minded and have the same type of passions, goals, heart as you. So I think that's also a great idea. You can always use social media to make friends. I know Actually, a ton of people that have found their closest friends now from social media, from Instagram, uh, Discord, TikTok. This is one that I have a hard time doing. I think I just have a lot of anxiety around meeting strangers from the internet, and especially not that I think people would like use me to get to like my sister, because it's not like they're like famous. Like they're, I don't even know what list of celebrity they would be, but sometimes I do get scared that people just want to hang out with me because like Chelsea's my sister or something. And that's probably not true at all. But I also could see that being true. And but even if that is the case, and we end up being friends, it's like, that's not the worst thing in the world. So I don't know why that stresses me out so much. But it does. I'll work on that. Because I don't believe everyone wants to even like, I'm flattering. Well, I guess I'm not even flattering myself. I'm flattering Chelsea. But I think any type of event like in your area is always such a good thing to do Um, or like things like this is so nerdy, but Comic-Con or anything like that, that's just very close to your interests and kind of niche. I also wanted to end with saying like if you're an anxious person or introverted, that it's never a bad thing and feeling anxious isn't bad or anything like that and I think sometimes I maybe I've even said that on the podcast and I feel bad if I have made anyone ever feel like anxiety is a bad thing because that's just a normal human experience however if you are someone who's more anxious or a highly anxious or sensitive person you just feel more anxiety than the average person it doesn't mean that it's going to be any harder for you to find friends I think it's harder for us to get out of our own way But we do have, like you do have so many people that want to be your friend and who will fall in love with your heart and they want to hang out with you, spend time with you. I don't think you have to get rid of your anxiety to find really good friends or even a partner if you're looking for a relationship. You'll find people that understand and that also who maybe not experience it, but will want to understand and help and, you know, support you and love that about you. So... Those are my ways to make friends and to keep friendships. And I will be taking my own advice on this. So we'll see if I make friends in the next couple of months. And if not, then it's just not my time. You also have to really open up your heart to make friends. And that's something that's hard for me to do still is to put myself on like something to be judged. And I know that's kind of what podcasting is, is I have a lot of people psychoanalyzing and listening and judging, but it's less scary because I'm just doing it in my room. But when you're in a group of people, it's literally so horrifying. So so I hope everyone makes 5,000 friends and sends me pictures of them with all of their new friends that I basically guided them to. Also, if you do want friends, I do have my Discord. It's for specifically people who like are more anxious and have OCD but if you also just want to come hang out with us you're more than welcome to. Okay this one is not a voicemail either like I said the the one that we got was cut off short so I couldn't hear the question so I'm just going to read this one. We'll get back to voicemails ASAP. I will say it again and I will say it every single episode. I really need your guys's voicemail submissions. You can text the number but I would I hope that you guys call and leave a voicemail. Um, The number is 909-817-1742. You can call that, leave a voicemail, ask a question, start it with Dear Abby, or I guess if you're too shy, you can text me, but I would prefer calls, but that's okay. So love you guys and thank you for sending us all the texts. Okay, Dear Abby, I know you've been open about your divorce and your experience. I was wondering if you could share how you opened up your heart again. I have not personally been through divorce, but it's almost a generational curse in my family, which I know I can break. It is just all very scary to me, and I've very much admired your resilience and openness. This is a very timely question because I've actually just recently been struggling with opening my heart. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it other than I physically feel like my heart's closed off, like it feels like there's literally a fortress around my heart, and I didn't think that was a horrible thing, but now that I'm in a relationship and this is not something that I don't talk to my boyfriend now about, um, before I got into the relationship with him, I was not sure if I was ready. I really didn't think that I was fully ready to jump into something, but I also know myself and I know that it'll take me years to fully get over this and to where I really feel like I've moved on. I really liked Keaton. I really liked where things were going. Um, and I was very honest like, with him about, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I feel so anxious getting in a relationship. I don't know if I'm ready. Um, I don't want to be a bad girlfriend to you because I know my heart's guarded. Like My boyfriend and I talk about that pretty often, honestly, about how I'm feeling. And we just had a conversation actually last night And I was telling him it's so weird because I have these moments where I also have a lot of relationship anxiety and OCD. So that makes it a little bit more difficult, which is fine. I will bear my suffering, but where I physically feel like my walls come down and I feel so in love and I feel so euphoric and I feel happy and I feel like everything's actually okay. The second I become aware of that, and that I'm vulnerable actually, I get really scared and it like immediately comes back up. It's like the draw gate is like lifted. And then the second I realize it's like falls back down. <laughs> and so, wait, actually I think that's the opposite because I think a draw, a draw gate, no, I'm thinking of a drawbridge, I'm stupid. Cause a drawbridge comes down so that would let people in but it has to go up in order for, okay, anyways. <laughs> Anyways, basically feels like the fortress is destroyed. And then the second I realize it's destroyed, my heart is just there on a platter. I immediately build it back up. And it's very, it's a very weird experience because it just happens randomly every once in a while. And once that happens, like I have that experience, I realize how guarded I still am. I feel like I want to be as honest as I can about how I actually am when it comes to being in a new relationship and opening your heart again. It's a struggle every day still. It's a very much back and forth in my head. And I feel guilty for that because I'm in a relationship with someone who's very loving and is supportive of my needs, my boundaries. I feel really guilty because I used to be the green flag and now I'm literally the freaking walking red flag. But at least I'm aware of it and I'm, tr- I'm very honest about it and I try to catch myself He kind of knows what he's getting into. I've been very honest about everything and where I'm at. So I think that really helps me feel like I can keep opening my heart. I feel like I'm digressing, but basically, it's really not easy. And it's something that you have to continuously do over and over and over again. It's not a one time thing for me. And I think one day, truly, I feel like eventually my heart will, something will unlock. And I'll eventually just be able to feel freely again. I feel like I'm still kind of locked up right now. And that's a journey that I'm on personally. And I'm really trying to figure out and hold myself with compassion and love while I figure this out. And I still, you know, trying to maintain a very healthy relationship, but also still guarding my heart. And like, it's really hard to do all of those things at once. (laughs) But I'm in a very patient, loving relationship. So that's very helpful. The more control you need to have over getting a divorce or not, I think will just kind of push your partner away and vice versa. Because, because I think that's one of the most beautiful and scary, most like terrifying parts of love is, and getting in a relationship, getting married is. You're like this person, I trust. Like, I don't. They could in ten years just leave me out of nowhere, but I'm, and they have my heart on a freaking in their hands and you still trust them and you go f- you go forward knowing that there's always there is always a risk 100 percent of the time no matter what relationship no matter how secure it is there's always a risk trust me this is coming from someone who was like had no idea that their partner wanted to leave them for as long as they had no one ever told me he never told me so I was like very blissful in the fact that like I'm never going to get a divorce. I had that in my head and I'm not saying this to scare you or anything. I'm just saying that the, it can either be a very beautiful thing the risk of it and opening your heart or it can be scary and I think that's just on how we perceive it in terms of how I've been trying to open my heart at the beginning of my new relationship. My heart was open and then it closed really fast out like after once feelings got very real and I think it's just a journey. Truthfully, I don't I don't think it looks the same for everyone. Um, Mine just happens to look like I get I find someone that I want to be in a relationship with and I trust and I love and then now I'm just having to like heal all these things. And. I think that's what's scary about love but also like the most beautiful part and the most scary part about marriage and love is that there's always a risk and this person that you've known for however long and in 10 years even they could just like rip your heart out and just leave you one day just that trust is really all you have in a relationship I mean you have a lot of other things but truthfully trust for me I think for someone who's anxious and someone who has OCD and has you know experiences a lot of doubt Trust is massive. Trust is really all I have. Sometimes the more I trust my partner, the more I trust good things happening to me, the more I trust that I will be okay, even if something horrible happens and I get left again or I get another divorce or something, which that is a massive, massive fear of mine. But the more I'm scared of that, the more it repels me from being in a relationship. So I think the more I heal with that and I kind of get rid of that fear, the more soft my heart will be and the more I'll focus on the positives and the love around me rather than like what can go wrong and the shame I am trying to avoid that maybe one day I'll feel if maybe this happens. I don't even think that made any sense, but hopefully that answers your question a little bit. I do want to do, I think, a whole episode just about divorces and I think a lot of people have gotten divorced recently that I know, which is kind of crazy. And they're all young. I think social media, truthfully, a lot of people say this, but I do think that that's one of the major leading reasons why people are getting divorced is because of money, but also social media and just like thinking that the grass is greener. You know, what is, what is, I think it's not ludicrous, is it? Uh, In some song it's like, or maybe it's Justin Bieber. As long as you love me. When he's like, the grass is always greener on the other side. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's green where you water it. Then he goes, so I know we got issues, baby. True, true, true. But I'd rather work on this with you than to go ahead and start with someone new. As long as you love me, we could be starving. We could be homeless. We could be broke. As long as you love me, I'll be a platinum. I'll be a silver i be gold. That's a great song. Well, I'm going to go listen to that song now. I'm going to go listen to As Long As You Love Me Now by Justin Bieber. And probably write in my journal. Because now that I talked about my divorce, a lot of feelings are coming up. <laughs> so thank you so much for the question. Just kidding. I'm happy to be vulnerable, you know? I'm happy to help open up. And to whoever wrote that question in, even if the worst case scenario happened, you're going to be okay coming from someone who got a divorce which was worst case scenario for me i'm okay kind of i'll be okay you're probably listening being like (laughs) i'm asking because i don't want to be like you (laughs) well that's all i have for today you guys thanks so much for listening and go follow me on instagram tiktok all the fun stuff at dear abby i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day today do some fun stuff write in your journal do some somatic therapy i love you all so so much bye Chica